This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, May 31st, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Vastly improving our broken immigration system may be as simple as scrapping the whole thing and replacing it with a tariff. It's not ideal, but it would be a huge improvement. So says Alex Narasta, a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Before we get into the meat of this discussion, there are a lot of people who believe that too few immigrants coming to the United States is not a problem that we should pursue solving. Well, I would argue that they're wrong. I mean, immigration is good for the same reasons that trade is good. It's that each side, both Americans and immigrants, have different skills, they have different educational experiences, they have different specialties, and by each group specializing in their own skills and doing what they need, each side is able to produce more. And we're richer as a result, and they're richer as a result. Uh, There's this focus on wages, which I think is unfortunate. But even when you take a look at that, you see that the wages of Americans go up, the wages of immigrants go up when they come to the United States. And the reason why that is, is because each side is able to specialize and become more productive as a result. As a means to get to that higher level of legal immigration, you talk about uh, something called an immigration tariff. Now, libertarians in general do not like the idea of tariffs, but you view it as an improvement over the current situation, maybe not ideal. What is it? A tariff is a stepping stone toward a more liberal and open immigration policy. Uh, Basically what it is, issuing an unlimited number of work visas and charging a set price per work visa. And immigrants or businesses or families or whomever can pay that price, get that work visa, give it to the immigrant. Um, The money that they pay for the tariff goes to the federal government to subsidize the welfare benefits and public service benefits and everything else. And the immigrant then gets the opportunity to work in the United States legally, above board, to pay taxes. And it also means that the quantity of work visas issued um, is not limited by the government. It is not set by some artificial standard. It is dependent entirely upon what the market wants with a little bit of a tax on top of it. Now, you made mention of where this, the proceeds from this tariff would go. I think if a lot of economists would disagree with putting the money toward that end, this seems more like a political solution to placate those interest groups who would argue that uh, immigrants are a net drain when it comes to public services. In many cases, that's not true either. Yeah. So in almost all cases, uh, immigrants use fewer public services than Americans. They use fewer public uh, welfare benefits than Americans with similar incomes. They are a net gain for the Treasury, especially for the federal Treasury because of Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Um, Most of them pay into these services for years. Then they leave the United States. So they work for 30 years, they pay Social Security, and then they leave before they can get any benefits. That or they work on a false Social Security number, which means they're never going to get benefits. So what this really is, is it sort of mollifies the anti-immigrant stereotypes that are out there and really attacks them at the base. It shows Americans that, hey, these people, these immigrants are willing to come here and work and they want to pay for the right to do so. So it convinces, I think, the voters in the United States more so than any other proposed reform that immigrants are good for the economy. Some other people have suggested a scenario alternative to yours, which would be rather than setting a fixed price for a visa, they would set a number of visas and then auction them, which is a little 
a reverse to what you're uh, suggesting. Yeah, so that system sort of takes as granted that the government needs to limit, set a fixed quantity, a quota of work visas, and then just auction them off. Of course, we just come back to the, the main problem with the immigration system is that the quantities are limited, and they don't have to be. It's a government-created scarcity. So any attempt to auction off something that's numerically limited, especially by a monopoly like the government, is this going to create a fundamental mismatch in the market. You're going to have shortages or surpluses of those items, uh, possibly. Or you're just not going to have any more of a rational system. You're just going to have arbitrary rules, arbitrary quotas created, and then you're going to let prices fluctuate when fundamentally you don't have to. Now, our former colleague Dan Griswold talked a lot about the uh, productivity gains that are brought by these uh, high-tech workers, people who uh, have a have a very high-end skills, and how the people who are bringing lower-end skills, nonetheless necessary skills the United States might be left behind when we debate immigration reform. How does your proposal deal with this, uh, this difference? It just seems like people with fewer skills would not want to pay the freight, as it were. Yeah, so you would see definitely um, people with different skills willing to pay different amounts, and you could even see tariffs um, differ based on the amount of skills that the prospective immigrant would have. What you get, though, that's better with the tariff compared to the present system, is there is a goalpost that immigrants can reach to actually come into the United States. Now, if you want to come in on an EB3 low-skilled visa, for which there are 10,000 set aside a year total, um, if you are a Mexican man, for instance, with a high school diploma, you fit into that, it will take you over 100 and uh, I believe it's over 130 years to get to that point on the list where you're allowed to come in. So it's really not a rational immigration system that we have. What a tariff does is even if it's high, even if it's, say, $30,000 for a low-skilled worker, that allows the community to pool resources to pay for, to say, send one worker from a village. It allows um, schools, families to save up money. It allows them, the worker, to borrow in the private market. And you know, $30,000 for a poor immigrant sounds like a lot of money to us, but currently, a lot of poor immigrants from Mexico are paying uh, upwards of $10,000 to be smuggled in by boat into the United States. Immigrants from China are paying upwards of $75,000 to come into the United States uh, via boat to be smuggled in. And many of these are very high-risk endeavors uh, to get to the United States. I mean, the part of the price they're paying isn't just the dollars. It's also a direct risk to their lives. Yeah, it's a risk to their lives, a risk of being sold into uh, human trafficking or being sold into slavery. It's... Um, uh, and when they come here, let's say they make it in and they pay that huge sum of money, they don't even have legal work authorization. So they could get caught and deported uh, by the federal government. So that entire investment could be lost. What having a legal system like this that sells that sells work visas does is it increases the price that people are willing to pay because there's more certainty. It's above board. It's not on the black market. They're not going to be deported randomly. They're not going to be sold into slavery. So the benefits are greater from following the legal system, and the downsides are much less. Alex Norasta is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.